What's the difference between a hunter and a fisherman? A hunter lies in wait. A fisherman waits and lies. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by AllIceFishing.com. What's up, everybody? How are you? Episode number three of the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. I am your host, Doug Glimmerveen. And once again, I'm lucky enough to have a guest for the show. This man, he's a tournament fisherman. He builds rods, which one of I've got in my hands. He built me a nice new walleye rod. Mr. Alan Kishler of Kishler Custom Rods and tournament fishing fame. What's up, buddy? Oh, pretty good. How you been? Well, you know, living the dream, working, not enough fishing. A lot like a nightmare, a little bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> something like that, yeah. It's hard being me sometimes, but somebody's got to do it, so yeah. it's all yeah. good. Yeah, somebody's got to claim it, right? Yeah. Claim the fame. True story. Yeah. I don't have enough fame, so yeah. let's make a podcast. Sounds good. I think <laughs> I think we could figure that out, maybe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, take a minute. Two, whatever, let people know your background, fishing, rod building, have at it. Well, uh, name's Alan Kishler, obviously. I own Kishler Custom Rods. Uh, been building rods for whole, right around 12 years now. You know, ice rods, summer rods. Don't do a lot of fly rods, but I do a lot of, lot of ice rods, like the one you got there. Um, I guess my my big thing with ice rods and with all of my rods is I'm kind of known for all my fancy thread wraps and my real, when I say custom, it's custom. It's made to order. I don't do shelf rods. You know, I don't keep them on the shelf. When somebody uh, finds me on my uh, Facebook page and messages me and says I'm interested in a rod, I sit down and I write down exactly what they want from thread work to guides to colors to handle to everything. No, that's how it was when I sent you a message going, hey, I need a new walleye rod. And, and I had and, no and clue who you were. That was funny, yeah. <laughs> Apparently somebody doesn't save my cell phone number. Thanks, I don't thought we were friends. Yeah, well, yeah. It was, hey, I need a walleye rod. What do you got for blanks? Told me that we decided on a blank, then decided on a length guides, and then I got found my, out who it was. Got my name on there, <laughs> yeah. all nice and fancy. So if somebody steals it, I can punch him when I see him because it's my rod in your hand. Oh yeah, but yeah, continue. Yeah, well, and uh, I've been, I guess I, I've been tournament fishing for quite a while. I used to fish another circuit, long time ago. I believe it or not, and I, it's really hard for me to say this, but I used to fish bass tournaments. It's yeah. okay, man. I fish. I, I'm a bass guy. Oh, I'm a yeah. Converted, oh. I converted into walleye. Yeah. Well, that's kind of. I got so sick of catching bass that I just went. You know what? I, this is boring. So oh, I. I want a challenge. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I wanted something that actually required thought. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I couldn't. I didn't want to have to throw an old shoelace at a darn bass and catch it. So break out the gummy worms. Yeah, gummy worms. Oh, yeah, I've used and they them. They work. Oh, yeah. They. Oh, yeah. They work really well. Yeah, I want to see you catch a walleye and a gummy worm. Uh, oh boy, that'd be maybe interesting. they can make some like ten maybe, inches and put them on a on a snail rig. Yeah, well, I was thinking Lake of the Woods. You could probably do it there. I mean, yeah. 
That's about Probably. the only lake that I know of that you can drive anywhere on the lake blindfold. Don't recommend it. But <laughs> drive anywhere on the lake blindfold, drop your line down, rip a few spot tail shiners, or I mean uh, uh, emerald shiners off, and start fishing. And if you don't have a fish within 20 minutes, you're not going to catch a right. fish the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> better just go down just to go the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just go back to the bar and sit down and drown in your tears. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, and then I started uh, walleye fishing. I uh, fished a couple other different circuits, and and then I started fishing the uh, the MWC and the AIM. Um, love them both; they're great circuits. Uh, highly recommended if you're looking for something to fish. Obviously, you've fished them, so yep. you know you know what they're like. So yeah, we touched on that yesterday when I had <laughs> Kyle in here. Yeah, yeah, that was that's going to be a very well. By now, people will listen to it. It's going to be. I'm anxious to see what people think of that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't. I haven't heard it. I yeah. was too busy with other stuff. And, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what it was. I've been uh, I've been uh, fishing the 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 aim, and you know, with my tournament partner, I've had a Mike. few different partners. But yeah, I fish uh, with Mike Klein. How long have you been fishing with Mike? Uh, this will be our fifth year this year, okay. I think. Yeah, we used to like I said, we started in another circuit. And then uh, we kind of stopped fishing that one, and we now fish uh, the AIM, and we'd like to do a little bit more with the MWC. It's just, uh, you know, time and, you know, running around and, you know, having a business building rods. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's busy. Plus, I have a full-time job well, and, and a wife and two kids. and That's yeah. what Kyle and I were talking about. I mean, you know, fishing that many tournaments, you know, it's it's a lot out of your life. It takes you away from a lot of things, and it's, it's just a lot of time to fish tournament series. It's not like you're just, well, I'm going to fish this one here and that one there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, the, the, you know, in a tournament series, the ultimate goal is to make it to the championship and in any tournament and you qualify for the championship. And it sounds bad, but that's really where the, the big money is. So once that you get into that, it, uh, you know, get to the championship, shoot that there's been, well, I've been. Best I've ever done in a championship, and that was in another circuit, but that was second place, and that was a ten thousand dollar payday. Nice. So nice. That's that was that was a good day, and we should have won it, but we uh, we had the winning fish in the tank. Here's this. Here's the fish story. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. Here we go. We. we you know, <laughs> no. There's people still tell me that I'm crazy. You did not do that, but there's the the guy that was weighing the fish he even he can testify if you ever get him in here talk to him um he came down and he measured all the fish and he says why do you want that one over that one and we told him straight out we didn't want to win the boat because first place was a boat motor trailer package oh so you, so you threw first place we we could have won it we actually really? on day 1 we had um uh we led the field by over 5 pounds we had two twenty nine, a twenty nine and a half, and a twenty nine and three quarter on the first day. So we led by five pounds. And the second day, you're only allowed to the weigh two big fish. Yeah. On the second day, we had two more big fish, but we couldn't weigh them. Oh. We had the winning fish in the tank, and we just went. We don't want to win, so we we actually weighed a fourteen and a half to get second place instead of a seventeen and a half, and we. Uh, we turned around and we we got second place by point eight one. Now why didn't you want to win the boat? 
we didn't want to have to deal with okay, selling the boat. Oh, you get splitting it and figuring splitting out splitting it, that. and just it was you know what? Let's just get our check. Yeah, we can go to the bank tomorrow, cash it, split it, and we're done. Oh, that's funny. Uh, you know, and a lot of people they still say you did not do that. It was no, that's how it happened. And at that time, I was fishing with Bo Anderson. That's funny. Yeah, and I've, he'll he'll admit he's like, yeah, we had the winning fish in the tank. I've never heard anybody throwing it because, well, I mean, yeah. Now it's a first. Oh heck, now if uh, well, you want to you want one of them uh, what warriors or rangers oh, or I, whatever they are in eighty ninety thousand. What kind of boat was it? I was a Skeeter. Okay. Yeah. It was a eight. I think it was that that time they called it an eighteen fifty Skeeter with a one fifty and boat motor trailer package. You yeah. know, forty five thousand or something. And now what? you're winning sixty seventy eighty thousand dollar boats. Oh yeah. You'll take the time to. Yeah, I'll to, yeah. I, I'll weigh that. Uh, We're just gonna sell this back to the dealer and take whatever cash we can get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'd I'd like to get a new boat. I'm still running my two thousand four, so uh-huh. I'd like to get what a kind new of boat one. You got? I got a 1850 Sportfish. Okay. That's the one I cracked the hull on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I won the tournament. <laughs> With the cracked hull? With the cracked hull. Oh, Jesus. How'd you crack the hull? <laughs> oh, Rogue Wave. Oh, just came down and just yeah, we were, smashed it. We were go- There was a number of boats going out to the same spot and on on Lake Winnebogosh, the two-day on Winnebogosh, and uh guy um, and... You know he's he's passed on now, but he um he can't he was behind me fo- uh, following me, and I says, well you know what you got a twenty foot boat I've got an eighteen foot boat go around me just go around so he come around and when he came around there was a one of those just oh, goofy yep, waves yep, came up yep. and I came off and cracked the hull and came in that night and I put. I keep telling everybody it was bubble gum and duct tape. <laughs> just to hold it together so we got yep. backed away. Went out, went out the next day. I kid you not, went out the next day. And the fish on this big flat had moved from one side to the other side of it by the afternoon, in the afternoon the day before. And it says, Bo, we're going to go right there. And we went right there, made our first drift. I got a perch. I look over, and Bo's, Bo's rod is just doubled over. And it was uh, tw- 28 and three quarter or something on Winnie. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, eight, three or something like that. It, uh, from what I understand, I still we still have the biggest walleye that was caught in the tournament oh, cool. in that circuit. Nice. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a big one. So not only did we win it, we got big fish. All uh, And then I had to take the winnings and fix the boat. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Well, at least you got a plaque. Yeah, yeah, I got a plaque. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, well. and two plaques, big fish and yeah. winning it. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the amount of money you spend on tournaments anyway, the money's... It's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's Yeah, unless you're winning an NWT at, you know, $80,000 yep. and a yep. boat and all that stuff. But still, those guys, they're not putting in, you know... No, two, three hundred. It's, it's yeah. yeah. Well, fifteen hundred for entry fee. And yeah, and the time and the money and yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems, yeah. sounds like uh, just like with the aim. I mean, some of these tournaments we go there and pre-fish for a week. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. So luckily, yeah. luckily, some of them, you know, we got you get connections and you network and you got people that you work with, you know, like you and yeah. uh, 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 Matt and, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, just people that you work with that you know that you know hey uh let's uh 
we're going to go this way, you go that way. If you find something, we'll yeah. talk tonight, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there's different levels of that, too. I mean, there's, you know, just like me and you are friendly. Hey, you catch any fish? Yeah. Well, what do you, you know, what can you throw in my way? Well, we're catching them on crankbaits. And then yep. there's other teams that literally are working together and yep. every bit of information is yep. passed. The colors, the yeah. speed, the depth, yeah. how many feet back. I mean, they're dissecting a lake between three, four, five boats. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And we talked, you know, me and Kyle talked about that. It's just, so we're talking about basically if you're getting into tournament fishing, aim might be a little tough for you. Yeah. <laughs> it might be it, a little it tough. It might be. Maybe fish one, see how it goes if yep. you know the body of water. Yeah. And, yeah, and the other thing is, is I, I guess I could say also, is if you're going to fish something like that, be friendly. Yes. You know? Do be not in, act like you are yeah. bleep shit. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to... Yeah, he King was going to bleep on, himself. Yeah, I was going to bleep myself. <laughs> yeah. King shit on Turd Hill. Yeah. You know, don't act like you're... Uh, you like know. you know it all. Just Exactly. You know, yeah. being humble is a good thing in tournament fishing, yeah. I think. Yeah, just be nice. Don't uh, go around asking people, hey, what'd you catch him on? Hey, what'd you catch him on? Just talk to people. Yeah. Just talk to people. Don't even yeah. ask them anything. Yeah, Just you don't. Hey, well, you know, you get a few beers in me. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I wait for. I wait for you know. I, I'm sure that's how you told me about that uh, that you know crankbait on on uh, Lake of the Woods. You probably oh. were all sloppy drunk and then told me about it. Yeah, pro- possible. Nah, yeah. anything's possible. After the tournament, it doesn't matter because we're not going to be there for another two years anyway. And then fishing True. will change. And yeah, Lake of the Woods is one of those lakes where color matters a little, in my opinion. For me, it's more speed and size. True. Than it is actual specific colors. Oh, see, now for me, it's been colors. Has it been colors for you? It's really been colors. Regardless like, of size? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For for me... I could be completely wrong, and it's just my, my experience that I've been able to catch them on pinks and yellows, on whites, on chromes, on greens. So, oh, yeah, you know. we've been... I've been there enough times now that... Uh, um. Yeah, it. I remember one year uh, for the championship and that other circuit that if you did not have a white perch crank down, you were not getting bit. Well, two years ago it was pink and yellow. Yep. Yeah, pink. In lemonade. my boat, I had pink lemonade reef runner on the on there, and my partner was switching out consistently. I mean, it was just all the time you switching out trying to catch fish. Ninety percent of the fish we caught. Not even just on the cards, but ninety percent of the fish we caught was on that one pink and uh, pink and yellow, hmm. and that's just what it was that that those two days. Well, yeah, this weird. and then this year couldn't buy a fish on pink and yellow until the end, and it was other but small ones. It was a chrome. It was, oh, uh, see, for it me, was it was one. white. Mike got that thirty and a half on a on a white. If you saw it, it was a Cabela's. Mm-hmm. You showed me, yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah. Nice <laughs> knockoff Cabela's. <laughs> yeah, it was a knockoff mm-hmm. white with the uh, the skeleton on the side. Yep. Yep. And it was like Mike hooked into that big 30 and a half or whatever it was. That was the biggest one that he got on uh, Lake of the Woods. He's yep. He hasn't broke the, the 30 markup uh, until just this past year. And it was a whale. It was, yeah, it was all at 12 pounds. Nice. And, yeah. then, you know. The UV green is yep. a big one up there. There was guys that they were only catching them on UV green. And then there was uh, blue, red, chrome. There was yep. some boats, blue, red, chrome. So I, that's why I kind of say it's like, you know, and I caught fish around some of these guys too. So I'm using this one. They're using that one. 
maybe it's just Lake of the Woods is just a lake where it doesn't really matter. Just throw yeah. stuff down there and, and whatever fish that crankbait goes by, oh, yeah. you're going to catch. If, if they're hungry or if they're angry enough, they're going to smash it. Dude, those fish on Lake of the Woods are legitimately angry fish. Yes. They tried to bite Matt twice. <laughs> like, he's holding the fish for the whatever picture or just getting it out of the net, and it turned towards him. And I saw the mouth open and close. It snapped at him. It was an alligator. Yeah. I mean, they're legitimately angry fish. And oh, they're yeah. thick as hell, too. Thick. Yeah. Thick fish. Uh, yeah. I, I, that is such an awesome fishery. I absolutely love that fishery. Well, you know, and it's funny because you go on the guide boats and uh, at Sportsman's, walleye divers mm-hmm. in about a number five size. Yep. Just little ones. And yep. they've got, you know, I, I went and checked out all their boats to see if there was any secret bait. You know, no, it's all walleye divers. Yep. All about number fives, maybe sevens, and just they have all different colors. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they're going up there and just to catch fish. Yeah, and they're pulling downriggers usually. Downriggers, uh, yeah, I don't think there was much lead core on the boats. No. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was, you know, I'd love to go up there and just go fishing and not worry about tournaments. Spend a week up there and just go pound fish. Yeah. It might... Seriously, like, see how many fish you can catch in a week. Well, like, I, go I out can... there for eight hours a day, seven, five. Well, for five days, so 40 hours, and see how many numbers of fish you can put in the boat. Well, I, I know I've been out there in my boat pre-fishing, and I was there for five days pre-fishing, and I had a clicker on the dash. For every fish that I caught, I hit that clicker. Did it roll over to... It was, didn't It didn't go over no. 1,000, but I know I was over 500. Jesus. 100 fish a day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, I did everything from jigging to cranks to pulling spinners, um, you know, I was all over the lake. I mainly stayed from like Long Point down. Mm-hmm. I didn't go all the way to the islands because um, obviously my boat isn't as big as the tournament boat. Well, that you don't need to. No, especially <laughs> you don't need to go that far. No. And that's the nice thing about that lake. Yeah. You, know, well, you could go right outside the gap and boom, there's fish. Two, well, two years ago, we had some motor. The motor wasn't quite right. The, wind, the weather wasn't great. So we didn't want to trust, you know, a 20 minute, 20 mile run. We could see the gap the whole time. Oh, yeah. And we were just slamming fish. Yep. So it's like, oh, yeah, you don't have to go up to Garden or Knights and Bridges or Northwest Angle or whatever. Hmm. It's it's one of the greatest fisheries that there is. Yeah. To just yeah, catch absolutely. fish. Just to catch fish. Yeah, I agree. And you're going to catch eaters all day long. Yep. So there's no and problem with that. The, you know, and then you might, like, ice fish, and I ice fish there quite a bit. And I know that you've been we're, hinting I'm, that. I'm coming up. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> you've been hinting that you want to go. But yep. I uh, I ice fish up there quite a bit. And last year, matter of fact, on this rod that you got right here, I got one just like it that I brought in a 40-and-a-half-inch pike on it, catching walleyes. And all of a sudden, I looked at the graph, and, hey, there's a fish. Start jigging. He hit it so hard, just about ripped the rod right out of my hand. And that's that's where you know you know this isn't a real stout rod, but that's where having a good drag and knowing mm-hmm. how to fight that fish, you yeah. know, you don't point your rod tip straight at the no. ceiling and you know. No, and when it comes to fighting fish, ninety five percent of it is in the drag. Yep, I agree. You can catch a forty inch northern on a one foot rod as long as your drag is right. Yep, and, and yeah, and you know how to use it. Yep. 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 I teach people that all the time when I'm at Vados, you know, they're talking about this, that, and the other, and, oh, I get snapped off. I go, okay, let me teach you about drag systems. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. And to correctly check your drag is not to grab it by the reel and pull it. It's to actually grab it out where the line yep. comes out of the rod 
Bend that rod and make sure that it's pulling. Yeah, load the rod up yep. so that you can see the load. And then the other thing is, is remember that. Remember when you're fighting that fish and you can see the, because 90% of the time you're looking at the tip of your rod going, okay, what are you going to do next? And the fish go, you know, the rod loads up and as it's loaded up, you can watch to see what it's doing. And if all of a sudden it makes a run, you see that load up even more. Mm-hmm. You know that your drag is, you know, borderline too tight it should be taking a little line if it's at that unless you're back reeling that's the only other thing that i would say and mike mike loves mike loves the back reel and every time i see i lose the fish almost every time i I don't know how he doesn't lose fish sometimes i i'm not that fast well i can't go that fast backwards because it's like i'm so used to just going forward yeah my thing is is i see it and it almost looks like they're slacking the line when he does it yeah and i'm just like Oh, and it makes me cringe. I'm like, that's a good fish, and you're because you back don't back reel on a small fish. No, just, eh, it's it's yeah, no, it's let's a just get her on the boat and horse. Yeah, it. it's like, oh yeah, back reel on a 28 inch walleye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a tournament. Mm, yeah, it just, makes me cringe. Yeah, just trust your drag, Mike. <laughs> nope. He says I, you know, and I've I've got some reels that have you know the ceramic drags and the yeah. you know the reel with the hot sauce and stuff like that, and I've got some. Pretty good, you know, I'm a big fan of that Fluger President. I love those mm-hmm. reels, and we love the Stratix and the Shimano Stratix. And, you know, we use them all. Mike's, Mike used to have all Daiwa. That's all we had on the boat until we started going to some Presidents and some uh, Stratix. And he's starting to come around where it's like, okay, yes, I understand the drag will work, you know. Yep, but yep. It's, I still see him back reel sometimes, and I'm just like... Oh, oh, that makes me cringe. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, and, and when it comes, you know, kind of when people are looking for a new reel, a spinning reel, bait casters are a whole other thing. Spend some money, get a good reel. You know, when they're looking for a, a, a spinning reel, it's like, okay, what are you fishing for? Panfish? Spend thirty bucks. Yep. Whoop de doo. It's a panfish. If you end up hooking into something heavier, just make sure your drag's set to a panfish level. Correct. They're gonna take the line. Big deal. But if you're looking for a you know a walleye, a pike reel, big fish reel, spend a little money, get something with a good drag system. Yeah. When you if you take that that uh, rod with the line on it, and like you said, you grabbed it at the end of the tip of the rod, and when you pull it, if when you're pulling it goes, eh, 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 kind of if it sticks, it sticks yeah. it. Let's out a little line and sticks. That's not a very good drag. You nope. want something that when you pull it, it's it just yep. nice Listen, and yep. smooth. Yep. So. Yep. Well, let's talk about rod building. How'd you get into it? Well, it's funny. Um, friend of mine that I used to fish tournaments against it was in the middle of the winter, blowing cold, nasty. He was bored out of his mind. He says, "Why don't you come over? I'll show you how to build a rod." And, you know, that was like 12 years ago. His name's Dan. Um, anyway, he, I went over there, and we set up and set up on this kitchen kitchen counter. Nice. I'm sure the <laughs> wife was happy about that. Uh, I don't think she really cared no. because it got him doing something. Oh, you know? got, got, her, got him out of her hair. Yeah, maybe. But... Um, so anyway, he's, he's like, well, this is how you do it. And he started, you know, showing me how. And he goes, here, you're going to build this 6'6 six, six rod. And believe it or not, I still have that rod, and I still use that rod. Oh, yeah. And I started, you know, tying it up and doing all this stuff. And he, um, 
uh, when I'm doing the guides and stuff, instead of just doing one guide and then a trim band, because he showed me how to do a trim band, I did uh, I did it with uh, metallic thread, which metallic threads are the hardest ones to work with, because they like to fray apart. Okay. And so I did it with three colors of metallic. No, oh, jeez. And he looked at it and he's like. And you know, I don't, I don't have particularly small hands. No, you have some <laughs> baseball mitts on your shirt. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's why most people look at it and just go, "You did that?" And I'm like, "Yeah," but like that picture that you had there, I, I use uh, magnifying glasses and I make sure everything yep. is, you know, I'm. I well, you l- get pretty damn intricate. Yeah, I so details. I, I, I saw that picture and I was like, "Well, that's a good one to show." It's like, hey, this is. You know, he's not just a, a guy in his basement building rods. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He I, takes his time. I mean, everything I've seen you make is, they're gorgeous rods. Thank you. So, <laughs> but continue. Yeah. But, so anyway, he um, he says, well, here, and he sent home that rod and the rest of the components. And I built, I went home and I, believe it or not, that rod, I actually, I finished that rod by putting it on a cardboard box and running the thread through the cardboard box so that I could spin it and get the tension on the guides and everything. And that's how I finished it. And I just went, you know what? I'm a I'm a machinist by trade. And I'm like, I could build my own rod building stand. So the very next day, uh, <laughs> here I am down at Menards. So do you have an addictive personality at all? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just went, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to do it. So I sat there and I... Uh, 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 don't mind me. I got to take a drink of water here. Water, water break. Mm-hmm. It's all right. So I sat there and I started putting, or I went to Menards and I grabbed all the stuff that I needed and I go, well, I can make this. So here I am out in the garage. Well, not only did I build one of those stands, I built four. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the guy that uh, taught me, Dan, I gave one of them to him and says, hey, thanks for teaching me how to do this. Here you go. You know? So I... Like I said, I still have that rod. I still use that rod. Um, it kind of became a uh, a blading rod um, for pitching blade baits and stuff. So, but that's uh, kind of what I did. But that's how I started, and then it kind of springboarded from there. I went, well, I can do this, and I can do that, and you know, so. Nice. So and then, you- then I started with the ice rods, and now. Now I'd have to say, you know, I love building the summer rods, but my my main thing is right oh, now man. is ice rods. Yep. Yeah. So. Nice. So do you build many summer rods anymore? I do. Matter of fact, I just shipped a couple of them out to uh, um, one to New York and one to Iowa, I think it was. I'd have to look at my notes, but. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you build... In the summer rod line, you just, you know, walleye, bass, or do you get, like, musky rods, trout rods? I mean, yep. you build basically anything anybody wants it, that's, to a point. That's, that's the oh. kind of the thing that I have, or I do, is being a, a, you know, a full custom shop, for me, and when I say full custom shop, mm-hmm. it's just me. So I don't have any minions working for me. Yeah. When somebody, yeah. when somebody calls to get a rod or you know wants to get a rod, they talk to me directly. 
um, and I talk to them and kind of work through like I did with you, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? Are you looking for stuff for quarter ounce jigs or are you looking for stuff for four millimeter ice jigs? Yep. Um, are you looking for, you know, in the house, outside the house? Because, you know, obviously if you're outside the house, you can use a longer rod than if you're in the house. It's just easier control. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised when you asked me that. I go, oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah, you know, shorter rod. I've, I mean, I use up to a forty-two inch rod even in an ice house. I've just gotten used to sitting four up, feet away. Lifting it up. Well, that, and that's well, that's. I mean, my long rod, my forty-two. That's what I use it for. Is that second hole? Yep, way you know, out there. over there. So I can have my handle next to me. Yep, the rod is over the hole, and then it's just pick it up. Yep. So, and the only th- the one thing that I would have to say with that is that that's for panfish. I don't walleye fish with that. Yeah, one. when you go to set the hook, you got to watch the roof of your house because well, a lot of yeah. people will whack the top. Oh of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, the, you know they. So I build like if somebody wants the, you know, um, uh, seven foot two, medium extra fast, um, depending upon what brand they want. I'll order in, you know, if it's a, you know, obviously there's certain rod blanks that you mm-hmm. can get, you know, a St. Croix, um, an MHX, a Batson Enterprise, a Rain Shadow, American Tackle, uh, Bushido's, di- different blanks. And I try and, when they, when, and talking with them, I try and find out, okay, what exactly are the main components that you're looking for in a rod? Are you looking more for strength or are you looking more for, um, you know, finesse, sensitivity. sensitivity. Yeah. Um, are you planning on whapping the thing on the side of the boat? You know, that kind of thing. How how durable do you need this rod to be? Because, you know, obviously you got to be concerned about if you got a, you know, a $300 blank and they're beating on it, you know, it, yeah. that's a big difference. Most, mo- although most guys that buy rods, they're very, very careful with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the like, I've got one that's sitting on the bench right now that I was working on before I came down here. That it's my most expensive ice rod. It's one hundred and twenty dollars, but it's a full wrap with an acrylic insert hand, um, real seat on it. It's and it's a black ice, one of my signature blanks. Which yeah, that that rod is that black ice is just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you made one for me, and it's oh my god! Yeah, you can. That is the greatest rod of all time. Yeah, you for can panfish. You can literally see an upbite. Yep. Because a four millimeter jig will actually load the tip of that rod, and when I say the rod, it is not a spring bobber, and that's what a lot of people say is, "Oh, it's a spring bobber." Well, it's not. It does not have a spring bobber. The rod itself is the spring bobber. And so roughly the first, you know, six inches of the rod is the spring bobber, and it will fold that rod right over. Yep. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. When I show all my buddies, I'll tie in a 30-second-ounce jig. That This is my go-to last year, was that rod, inline reel, 30-second-ounce jig, and a euro. Yep. And I absolutely crushed my buddies fishing that way. And, I, you know, I would show it to them. I would take that, you know, put the euro on the jig hang it there you know with the rod yep. horizontal so you got a little bend in the tip and then i would just take and slowly move my hand up and watch that end come up just like a spring bobber yep but you're not messing around with a spring bobber which is an extra piece of equipment 
that can, and that, that can fail. They like the bend. They, and, you can bend them. You can bust them off. They don't, you know. So now I don't know if I put on yours the um, the cork uh, hook keeper on it. Yes. Okay. Yep. And yep. a lot of people they ask me about that yep. the cork hook keeper. What what is the purpose of that? Well, um, actually, uh, one of my I guess you could say tournament staff. Um, J- uh, Willie, Jason Wilmarth, and Derek Kuferman. They're both uh, fish the NAIFC. Um, I guess they were sitting around one night after a tournament or something, and they're out for dinner, and they were talking about it and talking about rods. And they were talking about how with a power noodle, every time that they use a power noodle, they hook the their jig, when they're done fishing, they hook the jig onto that wire hook keeper, and when they're coming back in, it bounces, and next thing you know, that jig is wrapped around their rod so bad that now they either got to cut it off or they got to undo it or it catches on something and they break their rods. And so they were t- saying, well, instead of hooking it into the cork handle, why don't you just put a cork hook keeper there? And so I was like, well, let me try it. And yeah. so I did one, and they tested it, and they absolutely fell in love with it. Um there's little things that I got to do with it just to make it a little more durable because if, you know, you just throw that cork on there, you could tear the thing apart. I got to yep. get a certain kind of cork to make sure that it stays. Otherwise, you could hook your hook into it, and if you pull it, you'll rip the things right off. That was after the testing phase. Right, right. <laughs> well, there's the testing phase and everything. But, yeah, that's pretty much what that cork hook keeper is. Is So not only that, but when you take power noodles and, and my black ice or the thin ice, when you take rods like that with the real sensitive soft tips, what happens is is you'll hook it on there and you got to crank it down enough to keep it stayed there so your rod is loaded up. Yep. So now the rod's loaded and rods will hot, cold, hot, cold, or just sitting there, they develop memory. Exactly. And now your rod is constantly folded over. Mm-hmm. And this way, it allows you to loosen up the, the you know, let slack in the line. Now your line's loose, but it's still embedded in that cork hook keeper, keeping your rod straight. Yep. And that, it's, it's, it was Gene, when you first showed it to me, I go, that's stinking genius. And I've loved it ever since on, on yep. that. And rod. I can't take credit for it. I will say it was Derek and uh, Willie that came up with it. And, and of course, Jordan did too, but Jordan. Well, speaking of Jordan. Oh, boy. I got a private message from Jordan. Oh, boy. Um, he says he knows you really well. Yeah. You guys like to talk back and forth. Oh, uh, yeah, we talk yeah, smack. Talk, um, oh, I know what he's going to do. <laughs> Jordan wants to know, well, actually, should I go to the, uh, well, uh, Jordan wants to know, who builds a better rod, you or Jordan? <laughs> Ooh, that's, you know, <laughs> uh, like like he said, we're pretty good friends. <laughs> Let him have it. I don't care. You know, I think I. Th- this is your time. This is your time to tell, talk smack about him to the world, and he can't even come back. Oh, this is true. Unless yeah. I have him on the podcast, you're welcome uh, anytime, Jordan. <laughs> so, um, I I would have to say, you know, sorry, Jordan, but I'd have to say I build a better rod. Here we go. And the only reason why I would say that is because I have more, a little more knowledge. Okay, because he showed me a couple of things. I showed him a few things. Well, maybe even a few more things. 
And then, uh, then I also have like the, um, I guess the the line. I can go and get, you know, I got the the hookup on where to get the cork and where to get this and where to get that, and I try and keep it all basically the same, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, consistency. Consistency. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So I, he makes a pretty good rod, though. He makes a really good rod. Matter of fact, the black ice. And I will say this, Jordan, and if you're here and listening, the black ice was a brainchild between him and I. Okay. So I, I was he brought that up. He did mention that. Um, so I was gonna wait to see if you brought it up. And, yeah. Yeah. I figured maybe he would say something about that. The last rod that he saw, I had a bubble down by the uh, by the hook or the hook keeper. Well, hold oh, on. Oh boy, here well, we since, go. Since that was brought up, we'll just uh, <sighs> let's just go to the original message then. Um, oh boy, here we go. Let's see, Jordan. He messaged me. Uh, so got a special request for Alan Kishler on your podcast. I'm really good friends with him and his family, and we always give each other a bleep. Um, ask him who builds better rods, him or myself, and why he always has bubbles in his epoxy. <laughs> there it is. You build one rod with a bubble, yeah. and next thing you know. Oh, he'll say I have multiple rods, but you know yeah. what? What are friends for? Yeah. Well, well, you know, who needs enemies with friends like well, you? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, you know? That's funny. That's funny. I was going to go with who builds a better rod, but since you brought it up. Yeah, well, well, you know, and we, uh, well, let me ask you this. If he, if you ever have him on here, ask him uh, who cleaned house up on Lake of the Woods with the brand new Funks Jigs prototype oh, jigs. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying out of that one. Yeah, I've actually got pictures. <laughs> I saw those pictures of the count. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. I did like that picture. You had all the, the the jigs or spoons or whatever they were there with the bait still on them and just the hash marks. Yep. And, and you know, my name's right there at the top, and I've outfished them by, like, 10 to, you know, I had 10 more than he did, and I had, like, 25 more than Mac did. Did he have any excuses? Oh, yeah, the excuse was, well, you kept that same prototype jig on. Well, duh, it's well, working. It's fish. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then what did he do? I don't know. In that same picture, you look, he got one of the same colors. He put that one on. <laughs> of course That's he why he made it. That's he got closer. He oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Well, apparently that was a good jig that day. Uh, that's actually my go-to jig up there, but. What kind of jig is it? Just a like a normal? I can't remember. It's a spoon. A spoon. Okay. Yeah, it's a prototype <laughs> rattle spoon from uh, Funks Jigs. Okay. And we, I was the matter of fact, I was the first. I caught the very first fish on that prototype what that are, weekend. Now, what were those guys using? Uh, same thing. Oh, they were just different colors. Oh, and, so it was the color. Thing. And then Mac was using. I actually gave Mac a um, a Brantner jig uh, spoon mm-hmm. um, that he custom made for me, and. Uh, yeah, so he was he was uh, using that one, and he caught fish, and it's actually in the photo. You'll see it in there. Actually, it's sitting on the dash of my truck still. <laughs> nice. But all right, so why don't you walk people through? You know, so you buy all your components, blah 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 blah. Walk them through building a rod. Well, as the, much as you want to let out. Okay. Well, the way that I build a rod. Obviously, I've got. You don't have to let out your secrets. Just yeah. if they were going to build a rod, the steps. That, yeah. That, you know. Well, see, and there's the way that I build a rod because, 
like I said, like I on this one that you have here, I got some cork, uh, black accents in the cork handles and you know stuff. All of my rods, all my handles are all sanded and done by me. So they're actually individually glued pieces of cork. Which I can attest for because he sent me the pictures going, before I glue these chunks together yep. and sand it and everything, does this look good? So Yep. And so I, I do all my own, so I don't go out and, you know, go buy and, uh, a pre-made handle from XYZ and then just slap it on. To me, that's, okay, now you're a rod assembler. You're not a custom rod builder. And we've had this conversation yep. before. Okay, so before we get into the building of the rod, and without, you know, I don't want to say bashing, that might not be the right word, but, you know. Dropping what, names? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> what is the the definition, in my eyes, the definition of a true custom rod? Okay, is somebody who builds a rod to the exact specs to that customer's liking, like we did here. We made the handle custom to what I liked to look at and hold and feel. We did the the guides how I wanted. We did the colors how I wanted. Now, the blank, I don't know if you have done anything to that blank to have it act, you know, a certain action on it this particular blank no okay but but you do i do the black that. ice is the a black fully ice custom is a full custom yeah it's done to me now i can take other blanks like say you wanted you know you like this blank okay but you wanted just a little less tip action Mm-hmm. Well, we can, you know, we'll modify that or I'll modify that and go, okay, is this a little better or is this better? What are you looking for? Do yeah. you want, and do you want the rod shorter? Do you want it, you know? Because I, I, the past month I've been, you know, listening to podcasts, hearing people talk, seeing Facebook and the whole, and this is all year long. The, the What is a custom rod? Okay. Okay. To you know, me, a custom rod now, is if just you what ta- you're saying. Yeah, if you want to take a, a, a you want if you want to take a rod that is in your product line, and you want to change colors for somebody, I call that customized. Okay. Because you're putting a certain color on it, you're not like doing an entire like this whole rod is custom. You know, we'll just you know we'll, the the handles are the same, the blanks are the same, the guides are the same. We're putting your name on it. We're putting a color on it. It's customized. True. It's like putting rims on a car. Yep. You know, or changing the paint color on a car. Not even changing the rims because that'll change the performance. True. But you can, a custom rod is something where I'm ordering a certain handle from you that you make to my hand size. Yep. How I want it to feel, the thickness of it. If I want six different guides on that rod as it goes down the rod. Yep. I've done that. that. I've done that. A guy wanted all big big guides because he fishes outside in deep water and he he says they ice up all the time so he wanted bigger guides instead of the the normal lightweight fly guides that i put on here so he wanted big guides on there all the way to the end i can do that it when that's why i say it's a custom rod is because when you order you talk directly to me and we go through i don't go up to a shelf and grab one off the shelf and just build or just here you go. Yeah. What I do is I'll take and go. Okay, what do you what are you looking for in the performance? Are you looking for, you know, I per, normally fish shallow water with a four millimeter jig, 
um, inside the fish house. Okay, well then let's go with the black ice and I can, I'll send them pictures of the blank and how it's, you know, bend it over and go, okay, this is what it looks like. And it's a one-on-one when I do this. And then I'll say, okay, what kind of handle do you want? Do you want three inch? Do you have big hands? Like I got big bear paws. So I like a smaller diameter cork, just like I put on this one. Cause I know you got bigger hands also. Well, thank you. Uh, well, you know what they say about big hands. Yeah, yeah, we got small feet. B- big gloves. <laughs> so I'll do that. And then do you want and the regular cork hook keeper or a cork hook keeper? Do you want a wire hook keeper? Um, and then like my basic rod, just a basic, you know, I do my cork, you know, I sand the cork and do all that. On a basic rod, I'll tell them you can pick two colors for the wraps. Basically, you'll have a solid color, and then you'll have an accent or trim color. And that's that's a basic rod. Then I do what's called a marbled rod, which those are all hand-painted. So I hand-paint every single one of them. And there's, you know, if you go on my Facebook page, you can see them. They're, they're pretty, some of them are really, really cool looking. Um, and then I go from there, and I'll do a full wrap. Now, and there's when I say full wrap, there's different things with different. Um, there's an open wrap, there's a closed wrap, there's different wraps, and in there I let you pick your colors. So, like I just had uh, um, Ryan from out in New York just get one, and he wanted neon orange and blaze orange, or uh, neon yellow and blaze orange. That's hideous. It's beautiful. <laughs> Is it on? You got a picture of it on your um, page or not? I don't know if it's on there yet. I I can put it on there later. Okay. But I know he um, he he shared it. But um, it's to me. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and I told him. I says, you know, you're gonna. I I told him straight out. I says, you'll put this rod down and you'll never lose it because you'll be able to find it because it's so bright. Is that one of your cut? Is that one of your marbled? That's a marble. Oh rod. my god, that's pretty. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, and that you know, I'll let them pick their colors, mm-hmm. um, and then if they have a specific pattern that they want with a wrap, you know, a, a diamond wrap or a you know a reverse chevron or a a star or a eight point star, or, you know, different different patterns. I do different patterns with their colors, and then I'll they'll say, well, I want I really want orange in it. Okay, well, we got to have something else with it. So orange and black and maybe silver with a little bit of white. And I'll have like that one picture that you had on there. That one had 14 <laughs> colors in it. Hmm. That rod worth where you got with my goggles down. Yep, yep. That was on a St. Croix Legend tournament series. And uh, matter of fact, my friend Neil Hyatt has that. Nice. So, but um, yeah, I find it funny because, you know, through all these debates, one thing I've heard is it's not a true custom rod. Doesn't matter how much work you do to it, unless you actually have modified and darn near made the blank yourself. And I do that. Yeah. Well, the black ice. You the guys black made ice that is. one. Yeah. So yeah. technically, when that guy said that this rod right here, I'm holding in my hands, is not a true custom rod because you did not shave the blank or make it in your basement out of carbon fiber and glass really no i mean you can only go so far yeah you know but i I mean mean, buying a like i said a custom rod to me is building one that from scratch 
not just changing some colors to my specs not you know you pick from these three handles no you can literally make my grip for me yep to my specs you can make everything i want on that rod down to the nth degree and there's some companies that some companies that do that yep most of them don't they're rod assemblers yeah do they make bad rods no no no, I mean, no, I'm not. I, you know, I but, still, I still have. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of rods from other couple, couple of my competitors. Yeah, and you know, obviously, one of them is a lot bigger than me, a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, and when I say really big, I mean like globally. Yeah. Um, and we're not, th- we're you're not thinking of the same one I am, but uh, yeah. anyway, uh. I, I love that rod. I have one specific rod that I absolutely love, and I just won't give it up, even for one of mine, just yep. because I know what it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, the whole, is it a custom rod or not? It's kind of a dumbass argument yeah. anyway. To me, you it's know. Just and people I, want to get so picky where it's yeah. like, well, everybody's going to have their opinion. And no matter what we say right now, there's going to be some guy going back there. Oh, it's still not, you know, black yeah. guys. That's still not custom. Yeah. Really? How? Well, and you know, and that's what I sit there and say also is to me, having a custom rod is when you call them up, you say, I want this handle, I want it smaller diameter, I want my name on it, I want a cork hook keeper, I want the guides here, I want these colors, I want a full wrap, and it's basically it's built specifically for that person it's a yep. one-of-a-kind rod made for him yep you didn't just slap my name on it yeah or i didn't go over and colors on it. yeah i didn't yeah. go and grab one off the shelf yep. put your name on it and ship it off to you yeah oh this one's close enough here you right. go you know okay so let's get off of that so so teach people how to build a rod so with no video good luck yeah buddy. yeah <laughs> so basically I, what I, how i start is obviously i gotta glue the handle together so I glue all my cork together. Um, it's basically epoxied together. You epoxy them. I let those sit. They got to dry. So How long that, does it take for a handle to dry? Half an hour or oh, so. okay. Yeah, it's not that long. So then I'll, um, if it's a, let's just say it's a marbled rod. If it's a marbled rod, I got to hand paint it at that time. So I paint it. I'll, I'll measure out where the uh the paint needs to be on the rod so in this case you know it's so far in front of the cork handle so i'll paint that area and i get it on the dryer and i and it's basically i got to let it dry Mm -hmm. that's got to sit on the dryer for a minimum of a day otherwise it's spongy yeah and so you just let it sit that's why it takes a little bit longer normally to build a marbled rod but actually, I don't charge more for the marbling than I, I charge more for the wrap. Because the wraps take more of my personal time. Well, it's also more... Um, material? Material, yeah. Yes. So, and so, if it's a wrap... Well, if I don't that, I'd have had you get crazy with the marbling. I, I could have. <laughs> There's a wrap on here, but it's yeah. barely concealed. Yeah, all I wanted was a black rod, and he fi- he got fancy. I'll put some. I'll put a picture up if I can get it to go. But he's got a nice little wrap, and it's black on black, and it's it just adds it, it you know it adds a little something to it. I ain't mad. I ain't so, mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. So go ahead. You know that's that's my that's my signature style. Is he, I love he don't, to do wraps. He doesn't wrap. listen very well. No, no, no. Especially no, when all you want to do is go plain. Yeah. So. 
So then uh, I'll do the, whether it's marbling or it's uh, uh, thread work or a wrap, I'll do that. I'll do that on the blank and I'd let that sit until the cork is dry. Then I'll put the cork onto the rod and then sand it. And I chuck it up in a lathe and I sand the cork down to what we need to go. Um, make sure everything is, you know, right and all that. So then before you put the guides on and you'll hear this some people say you don't need to do that and i've i've heard it this way and that way but i tell you what i believe every rod needs to have this done every rod has a spline or a spine to it so every rod wants to bend one way just like you hold on this is how you know if a guy knows how to build a rod or not what he's about to tell you, this is this this right here is a step that, like he said, everybody should take and do. Even mass manufacturers don't always do this. Well, I can so this tell guy, you. this this right here is is a giant step to know you're getting a quality product because he takes his time to make sure your rod is going to work right. Continue. Okay. So every rod has a spline or a spine, just like you. You want to bend one direction forward. So if it's a if it's a spinning rod or it's a bait caster, that'll determine which side the guides go on, if they're on the bottom or if they're on the top. So the if you take that rod, you bend it down, mark it on a piece of tape, and if it's a spinning rod, which is most of the ice rods I do, the guides are gonna be on the bottom. And the easiest way to do it is if you take your rod, and you can do this with your rods right now that you got at home. Take and kind of hold it in the palm of your hand and you'll spin it. And it's sometimes it's easy to do, but if you, it'll want to pop one way or the, right there, I got it. Yep. It wants to pop back to right to where the guides are. Yeah. And so, God, what, that's, that's cool. So basically, what that amounts to is that take your favorite rod, the rod that you <clears throat> absolutely love, and you do that to it. The other thing, and you'll you'll know because what will happen is if it's a rod that you just go, God, it just it doesn't feel right when I'm fighting a fish. It doesn't feel right when you're bringing in the fish. The rod wants to twist in your hand. All of a sudden, you look and your guides are off to the side. You go, yep. Oh, wait a minute. The yep. other thing that you can do is if you just take your rod, and if I just do this and I bend it straight down, it's hard to. Hard to do this, but I'm showing it to Doug here. Mm -hmm. You do that, it should be right in line. Yep. Okay. I've done it on some where there's guides going. Where the guides are twisted yeah. off like that. So if I turn this, you'll see it wants to go to one side. Yep. Now, once again, what that relates to is when you're fighting a fish, it doesn't feel comfortable in your hand, especially on bigger fish. It wants to twist in your hand and it doesn't feel comfortable. And that's why you go, oh, I'd hate this rod, and you put it back on the shelf. Yep. So then I, I'll put the guides on. After the guides are all wrapped on, I'll do trim bands or whatever they want. What's a trim band? Trim band, you don't have any because you wanted black. Black on black. So a trim band would basically be black with an, just an accent color, like that one right there. That's a trim band? That's a trim band with an inlay. Okay. So the trim band is the white. And the inlay is the single whites. Oh, okay. I got you. So that's that, and there's different. It's what know, makes your rod look fancier. Exactly. 
Um, and it adds color. It accents. Yep. It makes it pop, you know? So then, you, then after you get it all on there, depending upon what you're doing, if you're putting um, uh, real fancy colors in there, you want those colors to stay. Depending upon the thread that you have, and I've got a whole stack of thread. It's like Joanne Fabrics over there. Yeah. <laughs> it pretty much looks like it. My my uh, mom comes over and she goes, oh, I'm going to make a quilt. And I see you touch the thread, I'll break your finger. <laughs> Is it the same thread? I mean, no. Okay. And that's what I was just going to say. There's different threads. It's a nylon thread. There's there's a number of different ones. There's Pro Wrap, Guide Broad, which is out of business now. But there's different companies that make thread. There's a number of different kinds of thread. The main one is uh, NCP, No Color Preserve, which means when you put the flex coat on, which that's a two-part flexible epoxy, that's that clear coat that goes over the top. That clear coat will soak into the thread and discolor it. If you don't put either a color preserve on or you're using an NCP. How many rods did it take you to figure that out? Or did you know this? I knew this. You knew that? Okay. Yeah. Um, because when I built that first one, he told me about it. Okay. He says, oh, if you want that to stay, you got to put color preserve on. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So then I'll do all that. And the uh, just before I you know, get ready to do the uh, flex coat, that's when I put the name on because the name is actually flex coated underneath. So it's in there and it's on there forever. Nice. So nobody goes trying to steal my rod. You can't hide it. Yeah. You'd have to cut this off. You'd have to literally cut mm-hmm. all of that nice. out of there. Nice. So it's underneath. It's in there forever. Cool. Um, so then I'll ask them, is this what you're looking for? A lot of times I'll send them a picture and say. Which you did to me to make sure. Yep, yeah. Especially this, with my last name, make sure it was right. Yeah. Is this right? Yep. yep. It's right. Flex coat, uh, flex coat it. It goes on the dryer, and it's got to sit on the dryer overnight. And at the same time, I put my logo in the end, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Then they get ready to ship them. I get ready to ship them, or have whoever pick them up. Or in this case, I had to deliver it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for a, for a bottle of water. Yeah, a bottle of water and some promotion on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, in order for if you were to build one rod, start to finish, you're looking at two days really depends upon what i'm doing yeah well yeah but if it's now if it's if it's a basic rod Mm -hmm. just a basic um and i already have the handle glued up a a handle just the cork rings not turned to size yet if i have all of that i can literally build a rod in about two hours from start to finish, ready to go. From start to finish, not ready to go. It's got to sit on well, the dryer, dryer overnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Cool. So I've I've built the rod for I forgot what his name was, but he um, he said that he was leaving to go to Red Lake uh, Friday night. I started it started the rod um, Thursday night at about ten o'clock at night. Because that's when he called me up and he says, I'm going there. I need this rod. I really want one. And I'm like, and I don't do this with everybody. Hint, hint. Right. Yeah. This don't j- don't be calling them a day in advance. No. Yeah. You've got to place orders and yeah. you get on the list. But he, it was, uh, I, he says, I'm leaving. I need this rod. I got to have it. I just got to have it. And I'm like, 
okay, well, you know what? I'm going to have to charge you a little bit yeah. more because now <laughs> I'm working until one o'clock in the morning. And yeah. so I got it all done and it went on the dryer. And when he picked it up, the uh, flex coat was just, I mean, it was, it was dry, mm-hmm. but I didn't want him like really doing yeah. too much. Give it some time. Yeah. I says, just throw it up on the dash of your truck and don't touch it. And so it actually only sat on the dryer for roughly 12 hours. Yeah. But when he got up there, he says, I says, before you take it, I want you to just feel that flex coat. If it's spongy in any way, just let it sit. Right. And he brought it up there and yeah. He He probably had the defrost on, you know, high, hot. No, actually I told him not to do that. It's not, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Because then the flex coat could drip off of one side. Well, yeah, I suppose if it's not spinning in the, yeah, spinning around, then yeah. So that's basically what I do to build a rod. Um, Nice. You know, and obviously when I sit there and when somebody calls a rod, it calls for a rod, you know, I, I message them, okay, what, what do you want? You know, yep. black ice, thin ice. And that's kind of the level that I go. I go black ice, power noodle, thin ice, which is basically a real short version of the black ice. Mm-hmm. And it's for a, um, an inline or a shuli reel. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys are liking that. It's only 17 inches long. The Gosh, tournament guys love it. It's so short. Yeah, but they love it because they can sit on their bucket and the rod tip is right in front of them, right there by the graph. Yeah. And they can watch that tip just move. I mean, it's with the, like, it's about that maybe. Yep. From about to my first guide on this rod. Yep. That's you so know, funny. Can, so let's let's fish with this thing. Yeah, pretty it's much. So short. Yep. And then you get a big pike that comes by. Yeah. <laughs> Hope your drag is set right. <laughs> well, and on a shuli reel. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hope you can palm that thing. That's that's something else that I was gonna say. You know, when with the guides. I see it. I see it a lot, especially on manufactured rods. You know, off-the-shelf manufactured rods. The distance from the handle to the first guide, which is called your stripper guide, and it's not a stripper pole; it's a stripper guide. Bow chicka bow bow. There you go. So <laughs> the distance from there to your real where your handle is or your real seat. Once you put your your reel on there, and we don't have one here, but take your reel. Spin it so that your bale is the furthest down it can go. So your line is going from the bale up to the first guide. Yep. When you look at that angle, it should be as flat as you can get it. Mm-hmm. If it's anything like that, you know, where it's a really sharp angle, like, yep. you know, 35 and up, what you're going to do is when you start reeling and you're reeling in a bigger fish, especially with the rods with the heavy backbone. Like, this one's got a pretty good backbone, so it's not bending here that much. Right. It's all up towards the end. When you got, if that distance is too short from the stripper guide to the handle, what you'll feel, and you, I'm sure everybody has felt this on a rod, when they're reeling in, you'll feel a clunk, clunk, clunk. Yep, I've, I've felt it. It's I'm because thinking it's my reel. It's not your reel. What the problem is, is the distance from that guide to the handle is too short and so there it actually is giving you slack in your line and your reel now has to pick up to catch that That and so and that's and most people will say oh it's a bad reel it's a bad reel it's not the reel it's It's the rod it's the rod it's (laughs) the distance from there 
And I've I've done that before where guys have says, oh, I just it just doesn't feel right. And I'm looking over. And I'm like, well, the distance is too short. Look at look at what happens when you reel in. And I'll hold the line down and I says, okay, reel, and then show them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's happening is as it's coming around, and it will actually like free spin for a second before it catches that line again. Hmm. Now, does that make a big deal on? Uh... Uh, open water rods, longer rods. Normally not, because you have a specific distance that it needs to be from the tip. On open water rods, you normally go from the tip down. Mm-hmm. So you start at the tip, you go, you know, two and a half or four inches or five inches or whatever for your first guide. Depends upon what guide set you have, what guides. Um, you know, if it's uh, micro guides or if it's high performance guides, that distance shrinks to the first guide on the tip. But then as you work down the rod, the last one will be, you know, let's just let's just say it's a seven-foot rod. That last one could be 52 inches from the tip down. The angle from it, the what it does make a difference is, is if you got it too close to the reel, your line will curl because it's pulling it through it instead of it letting it ride through it. Gotcha. It's trying to, it, it'll make your line curl more. You get more line twist that way too? Yeah. Yep. That's, okay. yeah. It's the other thing that if I were to say anything also is I use uh, lightweight fly guides. And I know there's a big argument about lightweight fly guides to recoil guides, which don't get me wrong, I absolutely love recoil now guides. Now, the, the lightweight fly guides basically are just wire hoops. Yep, wire hoops. A recoil guide is? It's a wire hoop. What's the difference? But it's titanium. Oh, oh. Well, that's these are stainless. Here's, here's the debate between that: the guys that are buying them think it's cool to have something called recoil, and the guys that are selling them are making more money because they're making Absolutely. they're selling titanium. So there's yeah. your debate: which side you want to pick? That's up to you. Yeah. The <laughs> well, the other thing is, is everybody says, "Oh, titanium guides they'll fold down." So if you push them, they'll fall yeah. down. Well, you got to remember is you know I'm a machinist, so. I've been working with this stuff for 30 years. With um, with titanium, that only works at room temperature. Not in 10 degrees or if 20 below ice If it's 10 degrees fishing. out and you bend that guide, first of all, if you bend any of them towards the very end, 90% of the time you're going to snap your rod before it bends that guide. Because the rod tips are so thin now, and especially if you have a tubular blank instead of a solid blank, the rod the tips are so small, it'll snap your rod tip off. Now, I'm not saying it happens every time, but then if you watch, that guide is still kind of bent over. That uh, titanium guide is still a little bit bent over. You either have to manually bend it back, which now you're putting more stress on it, mm-hmm. Or you need to bring it in the house, let it warm up, get the room temperature, and you'll you'll. I've literally watched one where it just naturally moves, came right back to where it was, yeah. and it moved back. All uh, the other big thing is, is everybody says, "Oh, recoil guides are." I shouldn't just say recoil, but the titanium guides are lighter. Now I have on my Facebook page the big difference on that. I took a rod, took pictures of it, a rod with recoil guides, and a rod with my lightweight fly guides, and I put it on a postal scale. Yeah. The difference was four 
grams. Well, when you're dealing with an ice fishing rod and these guides are so small, if you if you take this rod here and you make the exact same thing, same size cork, same I mean everything, but you switch it out to titanium guides, I guarantee you nobody can tell the difference. You can't. No. The where your I mean, weight small and thin and little yeah, and anyway. Where your weight is going to come from no. is your reel and oh, what yeah. kind of line you put on there if you're putting braid or if you're putting mono or you know fluorocarbon, what you put on there. I think a lot of guys just like to overthink things. Like yeah, I said, it's... oh, mine's titanium, so it's better. Yeah, well, and then they sit there and they do the. Okay, yeah. They'll they'll go, oh, I got titanium guides. They're unbreakable. That's stainless. You can't break that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I've okay. got to let's, break one. Let's let's go back to metal class and learn yeah. how metals work, children. Yeah, it's called metallurgy, you know. Yeah. So uh, then, um, uh, yeah, I. That's one thing that I always see people sit there and say, and then like you also said, titanium guides are a lot more expensive. Yeah, well, titanium's you know? not cheap. Yeah, and Stainless. hence then, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't, I don't have a. I can't get a deal on recoil or titanium or flex lights or, you know, those particular guides, which, you know, there's different manufacturers out there, but recoil has their own patent on guides. Oh, so recoil is actually a, a company, brand, a brand, a company. Okay. Yes. And gotcha. where like flex light is sold through another company and there's different ones and they're all, they're all good. Okay. Um, my my thing is is I don't get a deal on them, so therefore if I sit there and I have to if they want those on there, if those if that guide set costs me fifty bucks, I got to add that to the cost. Is that really what they would be about? A guide set for this rod right here, which this is a thirty-one inch walleye. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six guides on it. That guide set is probably about 42 bucks. In the titanium? In titanium. Jesus. And what is it here? Five bucks? Uh, about maybe mm, 10 bucks? Whatever. About 10. Yeah. So if you want to spend an extra 40 bucks to say you have titanium. Yeah. Plus, well, 40 bucks on you, but of course you need to make money. I got to make so, something on it because I paid for the shipping yeah. and you know yeah. the taxes and so all spending, that on it. So, you, so, <laughs> so basically... You can have a whole other rod made for the price of just having titanium, titanium. guides. And you really don't, I, to me... Do you get anybody that even wants them, that orders I've them? I've had, since I've been building rods, I've had two guys, God. two. Because, like, I've got one guy that he's literally bought 22 rods for me. Nice. He he buys them and he gives them as gifts. I'm like, hey, good buddy, you know. Well, who is he? I'm about to friend <laughs> yeah. him on Facebook. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> So he uh, he's bought all these rods, and he says, he, and he he spent money for titanium guides way back on some of his other rods, and he says I absolutely love these guides so much better because just like what you were saying when they ice up, yep. you just walk just flick. Yep. You don't have to worry about them bending or anything like that. You just flick it off and done. He goes love them. Yeah. He uh, no he didn't get that one. Um, another guy at a place that i was uh working at he wanted all big number six guides all the way down the whole thing for ice fishing or for ice fishing what why deep water oh outside the shack he says it always ices up and he hates it when he's got to always flick them off so he wanted the bigger guides 
All right. Mm-hmm. Once again, that to me, that's okay. Maybe like you were saying, customizing yeah, that's, it. That's custom. Well, well, no. I mean, that's part of the custom deal, though. Yeah. Is you know, this is what he wanted. Custom guide size on all the way down. Yep. You know. Yeah, and then the first one on all of my rods, the first one, the stripper guide. I always use just a standard Fuji guide, which mm-hmm. is a, you know, alkalinite or hard loy or, you know, in this case, it's an alkalinite. So here's here's a little tip for you, too. Next time that you ever have issues with your line where you, ah, it's fraying or it's curling or something like that, take a Q-tip and, and, and see. spin it inside that guide. All of your guides. I had a guy show up and he says, every time he bought a rod from me, a summer rod, and he says, every time I go to cast it, um, it snaps my line. And I says, well, you must have something wrong with the guides. And he bought this rod like two years ago. And he says, "Um, I kept having issues with it. I'm like, okay. And so I says, well, take a Q-tip or a cotton ball and run around there. And I says, if there's fibers left on the guide you got a chip guide or chip or a crack or, or yeah yep, something's wrong yep. with it well so he he did that and he says oh yeah it's my second one down yep can you fix it yep bring it on over i didn't charge him anything for it because he did buy the rod for me and he says i don't know if it was from abuse or what but you know what i'll take care of it it's not that big of a deal so i fixed it for him he goes back home and he does it again and it was cast again and it broke his line again and i says well how many times did you cast that thing? Did you change your line? Oh, he, <laughs> he frayed it all up, didn't change his line. Well, he did that, but then he says, I did the, um, he just did the one on the top. I didn't check any of the other ones. Oh. He had two that he had. Oh, I see. And then to come find out that what happened was he had it in the boat, and it was bouncing in the boat, and another reel, a rod come down and beat up all of his guides, so oh, I had no. to replace three of them. Jeez. So you know, it's, and and another um, uh, the cotton Q-tip thing, cotton balls mostly um, around the your spool on your yep. reel. Yeah, to see how many little nicks and stuff. Yep. I did that one time. I was like, oh my god! Yeah, so the ba- that then, bale wire. Well, no, not even not the bale wire, just the top of the spool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. that too. Yeah, yep. that for some reason I I always beat the hell out of those. Yeah, and if you if you you can fix those. But you got to have like a six hundred or higher, so six, yeah, eight, went, a thousand. I basically got car f- paint finishing. It was thousands of grain. I mean, yep. stuff you take your hand and it goes. Oh, this is just smooth. Yep. You know, it's smoother than a sheet of paper. But just kept working that around, working that around, working that around, and it smoothed it out. Didn't yep. get all the big nicks out of there, but cast it easier. Yeah. Sometimes it's just better just to get a new spool. Or just the new reel. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a $30 Gander series or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that got donated to the box of, if I need a backup reel. Yep. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah, if you, you know, with tournament fishing and stuff, the the equipment that we have in our boats and our trucks, <laughs> and you know, I think about that, it's just like, there's hundreds, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, it was... Leech Lake, when we were in that lagoon at wherever oh, we were yeah, launching yep. from, I was standing there, and I was looking around, and I'm 100 boats, and just the boats, like I was just looking at the boats going, there's basically 
a million, million dollars, dollars worth of boats in this mm-hmm. lagoon right now. Plus electronics, fish finders, the rigs to pull them, the poles, campers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then well, then you add in truck, trailer. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's it's ridiculous how much and, money. And especially on. you know, leech this year, both days filled with a hundred boats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 100 boats each. Million dollars. I mean, well, if you take the million dollars worth of boats plus all the gear, I mean, you got probably 100 and 1.5 million dollars worth of stuff sitting in a lagoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then you go on Minnetonka, you have all those 100 boats with all that stuff, 1.5 million, and then some big cruiser rolls by that's one boat at 1.5 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all look at each other like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. There's a- little shrinkage yeah. there. Right now there's some guy in Florida going, are you kidding me? My boat costs $2 million and all my, my rod and reels cost more than your boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah you some see of those the, electric You see this rods. reel? Yeah, this reel right here? Yeah. This reel was one, uh, uh, 1500 bucks, oh, yeah. you know, or well, some five those, grand. Yeah, or, some of those electric, big yeah. electric reels that they're just fishing for you anyway. They're five grand. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they've got and, and I think it's, I, th- I think it's, sometimes I just think that's funny, you know, you sit there and you go... Uh, you know, oh crap! It's a, it's a sixty sixty dollar ice rod. You know, my basic rods oh, yeah. start around sixty five, something like that, and then they go up. And my for ice rods, and they go up to like a hundred and twenty is the most expensive one I do. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, that seems like a lot of money. Well, then I look at some of the, my competitors, and I look at some of the costs that they have. Oh, and man. I go, holy Hannah, you're paying a hundred and twenty dollars for that? Yeah. And and I've literally walked through the ice fishing show and picked up some of these rods and stuff and just went, it's $120 and there's nothing special about it. Right. Well, it, it, here's, I mean, what is it? 13, right? 13 fishing, they're tickle sticks. I like the rod. Good rod, yep. right? But they're brand new, 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I could, for an extra, well, this one here. 75 bucks, extra 15 bucks. I got my name on it. I got it built how I want it. I got it the colors, the grip, everything how I wanted to. I know it's splined. I know everything is, you know, in, in for an extra 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know. and well, and the other thing is, is it might have, you couldn't take it home that day. That's the well, that's other part problem. Uh-huh. Now, and I will say, you know, backlog right now is anywhere from two to three weeks, you know. It depends. It really depends. Now, if it's one that, you know, it's a basic rod, like, you know, something like this, just a basic rod, you call me up and says, hey, I want this, 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 and this, you know, 30-inch with a a 3.5-inch grip, uh, smaller diameter because i got big hands, split grip or standard, don't matter, um, split grip. And I don't want any wrap on it. I just want black and orange. Done. Yeah. I'll write it down in the book. Here it is. It's ready to go. And if I'm working on, like, say I'm gluing cork, and I can right away get get everything ready. It's ready. Cork goes on. I'll spin the thing up. I'll wrap it. Done. And I can, like I said, I could have a rod built in an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. But it's got to sit on the dryer. And then I ship once a week. I try and ship once a week instead of making multiple trips back and forth, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'll send them all at once. Yep. So normally Fridays are my shipping days. Normally. Yeah. 
Well, you know, if if you don't have a custom rod now, and you're kind of like, you know, like you just said, well, you don't want to wait, you know, because you want it right now, da, da, da. You know, order one, wait the week for it, or whatever it turns out yep. to be, you know, or if you're two weeks behind or whatever. You know, you don't have to replace every single rod you have right now. You know, get no. one, get one, and when it comes in, you're gonna love it. Yeah, and, and that's it's, it's a lot of a lot of guys. And then, do and then that. it'll be, well, I think I need another. So one. So I need another one. Yep. Yeah, I like this one so much. I think I need another one. And what, what I tell most people is that when you buy a custom rod, find something that you know that is going to be your very specific. I. For me, also with a custom rod, whether it's for me or whoever it is, and I, I will say this, you find something that you're comfortable with. If having the fancy wraps on them and the custom handles and all, you know, all the customization, if that gives you the confidence to, that, oh, man, this is my go-to rod, it get, I know I can catch fish, it gives you the confidence, that's what you want. That my black ice. Exactly. My black ice. I, this is my go-to. Used, Boom. Done. I have so many rods, it's ridiculous. And I used two rods last year. One was my black ice. Well, three rods. And I had a walleye rod I used when I went out walleye fishing like twice. And then I used that longer one for when we were in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, just sitting there over at that hole while I'm sitting here fishing with my black ice. That was yeah, it. And I, that that's was another it. thing that I always that find it. funny is that people, you know, with... Uh, like I make a dead stick, right? And I'm trying to come up with a name for it, and I've I've got one in my head what I was thinking about mm-hmm. calling it. But with a dead stick, everybody sits there and says, "Oh, is it lightweight?" Well, <laughs> I'm, not I'm, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. It's not a rod to be designed to held. You put it in a holder, and you watch the tip. Yep. And so you just watch the tip. And I've I've actually I've got a little video on it when I was on Lake of the Woods. And it's great because my buddy Billy, Bill Tisdale, Tizzy up at Lake of the Woods, he takes the video of it and he's videotaping the thing. And you can literally watch the tip of that rod just doing that, just bouncing. just And it was like, oh, there it is. Well, and then me, I didn't have a good, I will say I don't have a good um, stand for it. So I had it in one of these wire holders and I... Oh, there it is. And I set it up and I, yep, there he is. And I'm yeah. trying to get it out of the hole there and stuff. Yep, yep. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I lost it. Nope, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> but then I brought that same rod up to uh, back up there to Lake of the Woods. And like I said, I go up there quite a bit during the ice fishing. I love that lake. And I was back up there and I actually I got pictures of those. But um, I had it uh, in, like you were saying, I, in my big wheelhouse. And I've got these pendulum style rod holders. That it's, that's are they the ones that are like articulate too? Yep, I've got those for my otter, boss. Yeah, and that's and that's like having almost a zero certain, zero gravity. Yeah, because the, the fish takes it and it goes down, and next thing you know, and the, and the fish is swimming away. So basically, the fish gets snared before you even go to the yeah get the rod. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this darn thing. I I sat there and I put the darn rod in the holder and I'm watching that thing, and and what I do on mine is because I can make it sit up higher, yeah. So it'll sit, you know, up at you know like a ten fifteen degree up, mm-hmm. and when the fish, you know, you'll all of a sudden you see your rod tip just moving. 
that that particular rod that I have, it's so sensitive that you can actually watch little emerald shiners bounce the tip of the rod. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the black ice. Yep. And so it'll bounce the tip of that rod, and all of a sudden the rod just starts dropping down. And it's down, and then it gets to the bottom. When it gets so far down, it can't go anymore. So then it starts loading up the rod. Yep. And like you said, they, they pretty much they, they hang themselves. They, yeah, they just hook themselves, yep. Yeah. I had, a, I had a pike do that once. And before I, all of a sudden I look over as this rod, he hammered it. Because this rod just slams down, and I reach over, grab it, and tink. Lost my... Oh, gone. Yeah, lost everything. I'm like, damn it. I didn't have... And what I, what didn't I have set? Drag. drag. Yeah. Because <laughs> what I'll do in that, and when I put it there, too, oh, I will loosen it up to where, I mean, you can just peel line off all day long. Oh, see, now, I, I don't go I don't that mind, loose, but... Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's loose where they can take line. Yeah, if they... But that once one there they, was way too tight. Yeah, I didn't... Once they get off. to that point yep. where it's out of that holder and it's just sitting there <laughs> and they're, it's now loaded up, they just let them go. Just it, yep. you'll hear. Yep. It's letting out line and loading yep. up at the same time. And no, I've got was, I've got so pictures tight. of it where that jig was. I mean, it was buried. Yeah. It was a uh, 19 inch walleye perfect eater. Right. And I'm like, and I got pictures of it laying there with the rod and the jig and you know just a little tiny spoon from once again Funk's Funk's jigs, which you got to get some of those. Big shout out to Northland Fishing Tackle. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Northland. <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't care who fishes with what. I don't care what staff you're on, what rod you use, what boat you use. I don't care. Yeah. It all works. You know, everybody and, makes good stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, th- nowadays, I I'm a, I believe that too. Everybody has quality stuff. Yeah, it's just every it's what you what you feel comfortable with and what you believe in. Yeah, you know, I I like some of the smaller companies. You know, I I will say that I absolutely love Rapala stuff. You know that kind no, of thing. You Rapala know. is you know. You think crankbaits? Who do you think? Yeah, exactly. You think Rapala first? I'm with Bagley. Do I have Rapalas? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have Salmos? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, know, I've got everything. you got to have it because what if that day they're only biting on that? You know, and that's that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm technically with Bagley. So in other companies, if you mention another crankbait, you're fired. Oh, yeah. You know, if you... You are if you catch them on other on other baits, you tell the people that you caught them on their bait. Well, you know when I first talking to Bagley, I go, look, I will go to your baits first, but if they don't bite on your baits, I've got a thousand dollars that I'm not throwing out. And they go, yep. hey, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not all fish are going to want to bite every single bait. So, oh yeah, you know that's that 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 really impressed me right there, being that they go, yeah, well, we agree. Yep, our baits aren't going to work it's, every single day of the week. Uh, for me, I'd rather see you know if you're using whatever whatever it is, if it's a Rapala, Bagley, yep. a Northland, or whatever. Yeah, you've got to represent. Okay, right. you got to represent them. And, and I see a, I, I see you probably see it too. I see a lot of these guys that are fishing that they're oh yeah, I'm sponsored by X Y Z. And they do absolutely nothing for them. It's like, <laughs> were you even? Were you even? Do you even have one of those in your darn boat? <laughs> I made a meme, and this is in the deer hunting world. Oh boy! Okay. And I made this meme. I think it was, it was three or four, maybe five years ago. I was working at an archery shop. I, I, you know, I didn't get paid. I worked there just for the hell of it. It was down the road. 
Like they gave me a discount, whatever. And I had a girl come in that I knew for a while now, and she bought her first bow, and she was on a pro staff the next day. I made a meme going, bought my first bow yesterday, picture of a pretty girl, now I'm on 12 pro staffs. Oh, I, I think I saw that yes, one. Yes, I created that meme. I've seen um, uh, I've seen it everywhere. Also, it'll pop up somewhere, and I go, oh, this, and I always comment, oh, this thing's still floating around, eh? You know, but that's, it's the whole, if you want to be in a pro staff for Northland Tackle or Funks Jigs, buy some, try them out, make sure you like them, make sure they catch fish. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then approach the guy going, hey, you know, I've used your stuff. I mean, Northland Tackle, for me, it wasn't hard. Who hasn't had a Northland jig in their <laughs> fireball jig in their tackle box since they were yeah. six? Uh, par- parrot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. parrot. Parrot, yeah. Blue, orange, and yellow. Or yeah. fire tiger. So yep. it's not like I, you know, for me it was, okay, I'm, I'm part of the NPA. Yep, me National too. National Professional Anglers Association. We get a discount through Northland Tackle for being on there. Yep. And I basically, I call them up and I go, look, I already get the discount through the NPAA. I love your stuff. I've used it forever. I believe in it. I want to work with you guys and promote you guys and da 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 da. Do you have an open pro staff position? You know, promotional, promotional staff, not professional staff. Yep. Um, and they go, yeah, you know, we can we can get you on, and that's how I got on Northland Tackle. I believed in it. Yeah, and it's and not like I was going to go to you know Funk's Jigs and go, hey, can I have a pro staff position? Yep. Well, what do you like about our stuff? Have you ever used our stuff? No. I just like the colors. I just want to be on a pro staff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, find a company. You believe in the stuff. If you, you know, there's companies, you know, Backwater Custom Tackle. Yeah. You know, we're both on their staff. Do you get yeah. anything for free? Nope. I don't either. But they take I care of us. They help love us out. Stuff. He makes great stuff. Yep. And, and know, I, I, we, I guarantee that if we were in a tournament on Lake of the Woods, Sakakawea, Devil's Lake, whatever... And we were using a specific blade. Let's just say, you know, um, Purple Haze. Purple Haze is on fire. Yep. I only have one left. If I called up, and I'll use his name, I'll call up Glenn oh, and yeah. I'll go, Glenn, I only have one of these left. How soon can you get it here? Yep. It's there the yep. next day. Yep. That's how good companies are. But that also means you treat them right. Yep. They treat you right. Yep. Well, we work at the shows. We wear them on our jerseys. We promote yep. them on Facebook. And that's the thing. We believe in that company, you know, because they make great product. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we just didn't walk up and go, hey, can I get a discount? Yeah. You know, it's like, get the, know. get the, you know, get the stuff first. Use it. <laughs> try it. Try it. Yeah. Don't sit Just there and make go. sure you believe in a company before you try to get a pro yeah, I see position. a lot of people do that where yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, uh, example, I got a, I, I get hundreds of these all the time. Um, oh, I, can, can I be on your pro staff? Can I be now? on your pro staff? And I go, I don't have a pro staff. <laughs> My pro staff is me. <laughs> right. <laughs> do I have a tournament? I have two tournament guys, yeah. and then I also have uh, two other guys that they they promote me. You know, like you said, a promotional staff. Yeah. They promote me, and they they have pretty much my entire line of rods. 
and they show them off and that kind of thing. Do they get a discount? Yeah, a little bit, but for the most part. You just don't charge them as much as anybody else. You're exactly. Still, you're, you're not losing any money, yeah. even if you are making a couple bucks. You know, yeah, and do, you know, do I make huge money on the? I don't. Obviously, I don't make bank. I yeah, still got a full time job. You ain't job. doing this for your full time gig. <laughs> yeah, no. I still got a full time job. I work 40, 50 hours a week at my regular job, and right. then I do these on the side. So yeah, no, it's that, that's a whole nother battle, and I can't wait to deal with that uh, November thirtieth through the second, the ice fishing show in St. Paul. Are you going to be there? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, which I'll be there you? at Northland Tackle. Oh. And oh. probably a couple others. Yeah. I, I'm going to be doing, try to do some podcasts from down there. That'd be cool. Well, I've had a lot of people ask me if I'd be down at some of these shows, like the ice shows and stuff like that with my rods. And I'm, being I'm the only one in the shop. <laughs> well, you're the only it's, guy. And, and the other thing is, is being every one of these rods that I build is all custom ordered you know individual yeah. it it really to me it wouldn't work for me to sit there and go yeah i'm gonna go down there and say i'm a custom rod builder and have all these rods sitting you'd there. have to have a bunch of customers send them your their send you their rods so you can show them off yeah to display what you could do or make a bunch of random yeah and to me that's rods. not a, that yeah. yeah that's now yeah. now i'm getting outside i'm grabbing one off the shelf again yeah, yeah. You know, and i i don't like doing that i've i literally i have a rod that's sitting at home i actually i built it it's a lama glass it's a really nice blank it's a really nice rod it's really fancy um it's orange and a teal blue with a really cool pattern and it's a but it's a kayak rod so it's a real short kayak rod oh okay and i built it because i have a lot of friends that do kayaking and stuff and i was just I, it's still sitting there. I haven't put it for sale. No. Um, I should, but it's really cool. I think I might have posted it at one time, but it's really cool looking rod, but it's just sitting there. Yeah. It's like, I I hate seeing rods sitting there. I might even put it up for auction. Yeah. You know? Well, I, know I know there's, uh, I know some custom guys that, you know, they, like you, you call them up, they build everything, you know, blah, 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 custom, this and that and the other. Um, but they do shows. But what they have is they have like three basic rods. Yep. You know, to to sell while they're at a show kind of gives them the you know something to show while they're there, but they can still sell them. Um, but then they take orders and stuff for whatever, yep. and and if you know that's what they do, you know, and that's yeah. Whatever. And I'm not telling I'm not telling you that's to oh, do that. You know, I I for me I just don't want to I don't want to get caught in that. Okay, I'll grab another one off the shelf. I, right. I I want when guys call up, I want them to have an experience where, oh, cool, I'm getting this thing. It's made exactly the way I want it. You know, this is awesome. You know, dude, I'm excited about this rod. Like, oh, you're I'm gonna not, like I'm, that. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I'm I'm giddy. So, yeah. I like I said. Problem I, is now I gotta wait two months. <laughs> <laughs> to use it, <laughs> well, I tell you well, what, maybe, maybe a month if if Red Lake. Uh, oh yeah, over. well, hopefully it does. I, I've literally done day trips, ran up there for the day, and drove all the way back. <laughs> How many hours did you fish? Like three? No, it's like it's five like, hours up there. Ain't you it? Left at two o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll and go. I'll fa- go, but I'm sleeping. Drive fast and take chances. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm definitely sleeping. So at least if I, I'm either gonna wake up when I see the headlights know, or headlights a deer coming, or, <laughs> or I'm just gonna die on impact and never wake up. Well, it also helps. You know, I've got I've got some friends that live at Lake of the Woods. I got you know yeah places that I can go and stay all over, which is really nice, and I. I appreciate it to all those that are listening. That listen up, people. Yeah, if you want I, a name drop, I don't care. Well, well, one of them, name. my big one is uh, is Billy up at Lake of the Woods. He uh, he opens up his literally opens up his house for us, and it's. I mean, is Mike what, and I. Is have that been, where I'm staying when I go up there with you? Well, you'll be in the fish house. Oh, well, that's fine. We'll be in the fish house. Okay. And then we go in and we get <laughs> Bill, and then we'll run to you know and run to the bar or something like that. <laughs> uh, works for me. But yeah, I mean, he he opens up the house for us, which is amazing. I, it's nice Mike have, and I can't. It's nice to have friends around, isn't it? Yeah, That's I a, can't say how much we appreciate that. So how how did you meet him? Just through fishing, oh, or no? He I've known friend? him way, 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 way back. Oh, okay. yeah. But you know, and then like Brian Jertback, he lets us stay at his cabin, and you know, just. Uh, get to know like that's another thing that i can say with the tournament guy or tournament fishing you know you you be nice you be friendly you you know your resort owners when you go to your resort owners you know talk to them be be nice don't leave your place in a mess yes you know tread lightly that all that kind of stuff as representatives of the fishing world and industry make sure you take care of everybody and yeah you know know, i guess when we go out there to uh otter tail i stay at um uh, a resort out there, and for the life of me, I just forgot. I just had the name, but now good job. I just forgot it, but uh, you just ruined the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Start over. All right, cut. No, <laughs> but uh, Trent out there, he uh, he, nicest guy you ever want to meet. Um, you know, it's, uh, resorts that we've stayed at. You know, there's really good ones. Uh, Border View. Look at Border View. Border View Lodge. Sure, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yep. sure you've been to Border View. And, yep. I mean, I've known uh, uh, John up there for years, you know. Yep. Uh, when, uh, what's his name, Briggs, he owned Wigwam. Yep. Uh, Tom Briggs. Nicest guy. You know, these guys, they'll bend over backwards for you. you oh, know? yeah. Yeah, we stayed at Sportsman's this year. Yeah. Would have been nice if we could have had a microwave in the room. Oh, whoops. you can't cook food in the rooms there. Really? In the main hotel, you can't cook cook food. Huh? I'm guessing somebody burnt something down yeah, pro- or, or the cooking, smell cooking or fish. Yeah, trying to what cook I, fish in the I, hotel. Not even a microwave. That's so strange. Yeah, but the roll in a wet bar. I heard. Huh? I heard that they got it like a mobile cart of a bar that they can push into a room. Really? Uh, I. Th- swore oh. my buddy was up there for a bachelor party and they did. Most, that. Well, not we. We were down on the bottom. So that was downstairs. So I don't think oh. there's no elevator. Going yeah, I don't know. I haven't been in Sportsman's in quite a while. Yeah, but no, it's, like, a, it's a nice place. Nice people. But uh, the other place I really like, um, place that where Steve and Brenda Peach go to, um, River, Riverview, Rivers Bend, River Bend. That's River, it. River Bend. Yep, yep. Yeah, those guys, nice. Yep. Super, super yep. nice people. Yeah, well, I went over there the uh, night after the tournament, hung out with everybody for a little bit at yeah, the bar. We were, yeah, 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 we were there. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, it's a nice place. I mean, everybody up there is nice. I don't think I've met anybody, even at the yeah. gas station. Nice. Yeah. You know, maybe the gal at the gas station was at in town. It was a oh, little, the one in a town, cranky, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, well, I, even like uh, <laughs> the the people at Border Bait that own uh, Border Bait. Oh yeah, uh, Kim and uh, uh, Kim and Karen. Yep. Um, 
they they actually Billy they lived two houses from Billy. Oh yeah. So they'd come over and uh, Karen come over and we'd have you know a couple of beers and I talked to her about rods and stuff like that and super super nice people. Oh yeah. That's a nice thing about some of these tournament stuff too is you get to know a lot of nice people. Yep. There are some bad apples, I will say. Well, that's that's just in life, though. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're fishing or you're going to the grocery store. Yeah. You're going to meet bad people. But but in general, yeah. everybody... Well, I'll tell you, a lot of places, they're happy to see us because we're spending a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some places are not happy to see us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we can be a pain. We can be some divas. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> divas and you know what? <laughs> You guys are taking up all the parking spots in the boat launch. Yeah. Well, we're trying well, not to. We're fishing <laughs> with a boat that needs a trailer, and it's a boat launch. Yeah. So where do you want me to park? In town, yeah. and then they shuttle us back? Right. <laughs> it was, you know, uh, I bring this up talking to different people. So this typically comes up, like, uh, around the f- opening, you know, opening fishing. And... Uh, the, the backing in and out at the boat launch oh, and how long it takes people and whatnot. <laughs> and it blew my mind. We were at Leech Lake, 100 boats, and Denny told us it took 42 minutes to get all the boats out of the water. And I believe it. 42 minutes for 100 boats. 42 minutes on a public launch on a Sunday, you get six boats out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for normal people, <laughs> but you, you know, got a hundred boats. But doesn't out of, it was just—it's amazing. But what that really, to me, what that also says is, it's a testament to how professional yep. these people really are. These anglers, these—you know—being checked by the DNR and the you know invasive species and stuff. And I'm not saying I'm all for it. I'm—I think it's great, but they also need to understand that with the invasive species we probably have our boats cleaner than most some of us yeah yeah i mean yeah i get home and i'll take the power washer to it or i'll stop at the car wash yep. even my even my uh, fish house i come home and i'll stop at the car wash to wash all the salt off yeah you know then again my fish house is an 04 and it's kind of it's been used it's been all hey. over the all over 04 14 years as long as that fish house is still together it's a good one uh-huh is it castle yeah, okay. it's an ice castle. So you got the one good castle, huh? I'm kidding, ice castle. Um, you make fine products. No, no, I they uh, I bought it from and I'll, heck, I'll use his name too, Dave Handelin at Malacca Unclaimed Freight. Unclaimed Freight. Yep, I bought it. I actually love that place. I actually got it at the. We walked in and the wife and I walked through the show and I go, I like that one and that one and that one and just like my boat, I did yeah. the same thing. I go, yeah. I like that one, that one, and that one, and just says. These are the ones I like, and Dave talked me out of the one that was there, and he says, come up to the showroom, or up to the lot in Malacca there, and look at the ones that he's had, the models there. And I walked in there, and I drove out with the one I wanted. Nice. Yep. Good customer service. Yeah. Super, super nice people. One of my greatest all-time finds was at Malacca Unclaimed Freight. Uh-oh. The coolest thing ever. A pair of orange, stretchy... Um, suspenders that says Old Milwaukee down them. Oh boy, five bucks. <laughs> You're like a kid I, in school. I, I wear them. I wear them when I'm deer hunting. I wear them when I'm deer hunting because typically I've you know got all sorts of stuff and you know 14 different layers on when it's cold and I use those to hold up my pants and 
Because I hate a belt when I'm sitting in the stand all day. It pinches uh, you because, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm a fat guy. Yeah, well, me you too. Know, I wasn't going to say it, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just use those. I'm pleasingly and, uh, plump. <laughs> he's roly. Uh, and poly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to tell people about building rods? Well, I guess um, no matter, I would. I guess I would say that if you're going to order a custom rod, do some research. You know, not don't just don't rely on. Oh, this person says it's the greatest rod ever. Yeah. Do your research. Go out there. You know, have one in your hand. Check the spline. Check to see if it if the options that are that you have options on it can you order this can you do that can you you know can you make it personalized and custom to you to your specs that's the big thing that i think is don't just rely on this person says it's the greatest thing since sliced bread well maybe maybe you don't like sliced bread maybe you like you know texas toast oh me too i love sourdough (laughs) but you know oh you got to have white bread, white bread, white bread. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? I like marble rye sometimes. You know, yep. that kind of thing. It's make sure that you do your research. Also, you know, the shows are a really, to me, going to the shows is a really good testament to seeing the quality of their rods. Yep. Go up there. Let's just, for example, just go up to one of, their, one of the booths yep. and pick up a couple of their rods. Bend it over. See if it looks like it's splined right. Look at it. Make sure that there's not, you know, that the epoxy looks good. That the fit uh, and finish. The fit, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the the fine details. Yep. Uh, does it affect the performance of the rod? No. But does it make you feel good knowing that you have a rod that, oh, that's well, what I was looking for. Especially something that's made by hand. It should look finished. Yeah, you know there shouldn't be extra glue or the epoxy. It's got a bubble in it, like you always have bubbles in yours. Apparently. Yeah, uh, always, always, every single. Thanks, one of Jordan, them. for that one. Because now, guess what? I'm giving them crap for that forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, it should you know it should look good, and you know the dice show is a great place to compare everybody's. Yep. Go you know? go in there and at and you know and the owners are there, so you yeah. can talk straight. To no the matter owners. who you deal with, no matter what rod company that is yep. that you go. You can you should be able to go up there and actually talk to an owner or somebody that's and for a lack of better word, don't talk to the minion. Yep. Talk to the actual people that are building the rods, the ones that are actually putting them together, putting the finishes on them, putting the components together, that thing, because they're they're the ones that are gonna build your rod. Yep. So that's why going to the shows is a really good thing. I went to one of the booths, like I was saying. Um, matter of fact, I th- no, I wasn't there. I was there with Mac. And by the way, we call Mac peanut butter, and that's another story. Who's Mac? It's a fr- it's a really good friend oh, okay. of mine. Right. You'll have to, I'll have to tell you the story off the air because it's not, not safe for yeah it's not safe okay. for the general public. Okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, he uh. He wa- I went up to a booth and I picked up a rod and I did the you know just bent the tip over and I went test, yep. and I went like that and the thing shot off to one side and I went what the and oh I go, you, yeah you told me this and before. so I go put on. that one down and I grabbed another one and it did the same thing but this time the other direction <laughs> and I went 
This nice. it, something's got. This has got to be a fluke. So all of a sudden, here comes Mac over with his buddy, and he goes, "Al, look at this rod." He went and he did the same thing. He goes, "I'm no rod builder, but I at least, you know, you've taught me enough to yeah. understand that something's wrong." And I says, "Yeah, it's not on spline." And he goes. That makes a lot of sense because yep. this just, it twists in his hand. And that's another thing, you know, I do teach, uh, I, I do some rod building classes. So I'll tell, I'll teach people how to build them and stuff. I'm, I would rather educate somebody on the correct parts of of good rod mm-hmm. and have them go and find one from whoever, whether it's me or the other companies, whoever it is, that's fine. Just make sure that you're getting what you're wanting. So get what you want. Get what you are fish. You know, I mean, like this one. Don't want a walleye rod. Okay, let's break it down and see what you know. Well, like you, what am I using on the other end of the line? You know, jigging spoons, jigs, stuff like that. And so we picked out the right rod blank for my application. Yep. And then we went from there on all the fancy stuff. Yeah. And well, then, and then you're like, you sure you don't want any colors? Nope. Just make it black. Oh, I so wanted just the black. I so bla- I was to expecting silver. In I was there. expecting some sort of color somewhere, just because. Not like I really would have cared, but I was just like, just give me all black. You're like, you sure? Yeah. You sure? Well, that's yeah. really not my style. Yeah. I'm like, you sure? and that's why like, I have. Do you have black cork? No. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, you can see I made that as black. I got as black as I could get. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Ah, it works. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the handle. Yeah, well, it gets most of it gets covered anyway. Well, it gets covered. and It's going to get dirty anyway. Yeah, and that's another thing. Is a lot two of two years of two three years later, it's all going to be nasty, dirty. And, and, you, you'll oof. see. You'll see this on even on uh, real quality rods. You'll see that like this has got the little pits and stuff in the cork. Unless you get super like, I think it's like super A plus or uh, what do they call it? Um, something grade it's a really super grade mm-hmm. of cork where there's like no pits in it at it's all it's just solid it's super i mean it's solid it's it looks nice yeah. um i forgot what they call it but it's gonna be cheap oh yeah right <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll take this like this one and they'll fill it with uh actual when you sand this you keep the dust and you mix it with glue and then you glue it back in Oh, okay. Problem with that is, is the oils and everything. Stay. It comes right back out. Yeah. So it looks pretty. Yeah, yeah. It looks nice for about the. As soon as you get water on it, about the, about the third trip of getting water on when it. When do you get it's water gone. on an ice fishing rod? Well, you don't catch fish and grab them. Well, you never get. You never. You're not out in the snow or the sleet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or right. <laughs> get, you know, having a fish and you got gloves on and it's like, eh, whatever. And then your rod's slipping out of your hand because yep. you got slimy. Or hands. if you're on Lake of the Woods and it's all coated with uh, emerald shiner. Oh, scales. Scales. <laughs> I leave those on. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't take any scales. <laughs> it's it's battle wounds. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just fun. So right on. Well, I think we we, I think we covered the basis on how to yeah. build a rod and what to look for in a rod and. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you go with as far as, I mean, I suggest going with a Kishler custom rod. But now, if you're not going to, if you can't get here for it or whatever, at least you know what to look for Yeah. when you're getting a, you know, Do your research custom, air quotes, custom rod. Yeah. Whatever custom means to you is up to you and whatever. So, no. Anything else? Any questions no. for me? 
How often do you get stuff in your beard? Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and on that note, people, Alan, <laughs> thank you, sir. Yep. Appreciate it. We had fun. All right, so big thanks to Alan Kishler. If you're wondering how to spell that last name, it's not as hard as mine. It's only K-I-C-H-L-E-R. So head over to the web, uh, Facebook page, and I don't know if he's got a website, but check out the Facebook page, Kishler Custom Rods, and uh, check out what he's got. Get a hold of him for your next custom rod. And even a bigger shout-out and thank you to our brand-new sponsor of the show. It is allicefishing.com. Now, I know you like saving money on gear, like, oh, how about mm, 10 to 20% off of big box store prices? Well, if you're looking for apparel, augers, fishing electronics, fish house accessories, ice fishing accessories, portable shacks, rattle reels, tip-ups, all that kind of stuff, check out allicefishing.com. Minnesota company, great people. I've known them for a few years. When they said that they wanted to you know, build a website, help people save money, I said, hey, I'll help you out. I don't care if it's with this podcast or if it's just me posting stuff on Facebook. I'll help you out because, as we all know, fishing is expensive, so let's try to get it as cheap as we can. That's what they're doing at allicefishing.com. Like I said, 10 to 20% off big box store prices. So head over to allicefishing.com's website and the Facebook page. They run some pretty cool deals, too. Buy something, get something free every once in a while. Keep up with what they're doing on the Facebook page. Check them out, allicefishing.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast with Alan Kishler of Kishler Custom Rods. Uh, make sure that you like the Facebook page. You share the Facebook page. We are on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Snapchat as well. Um don't do a lot on there right now because we don't really have many followers. So the more people that follow us on those, the better. But uh, Facebook, we are on there. Check out our website, www.sdopodcast.com. That'll give you a list of upcoming uh, upcoming episodes. Um, there's a place where I just added uh, where you can actually send us your pictures, and we'll post them on the website. So we got that going for us, too. And then make sure no matter where you listen to the podcast, you subscribe, share the podcast to, you know, share the episodes, hit the like buttons and all that, and all the little likes and heart buttons and whatnot. But uh, <clears throat> you can also listen to the uh, first, at first uh, well, what are we at number? This is number three. So the first two episodes. Listen, make sure you go back and listen to those two. We talk with Greg from Vados Bish. Bish. <laughs> Great O's. Now I can't even talk, period. Greg Fisher from Vado's Bait and Tackle in Spring Lake Park, Minnesota, a great little tackle shop. And then on the second episode, I talk with Kyle Manifel, who is just a buddy who likes to fish, tournament fish, all that stuff. That's a pretty good one, too. So, once again, thanks for everybody for uh, listening, liking, sharing, subscribing. And if you uh, have any questions or comments, make sure you send us those. Leave comments on uh, the different places you listen to, on the Facebook page. You know, I could go rambling on about this for, oh, I don't know, another hour, but that would just be a waste of your time. So check out Kishler Custom Rods. Go to allicefishing.com. Save yourself some money. And, uh, yeah, we will talk at you all later. Bye.